Welcome everybody to Talking Shop. As always, I'm joined by the handsome Honduran himself, Carlos Domo. On this episode, we're going to veer away from baseball because that time has passed and we're going to get into wrestling, which I've been dying to get into. Uh, it was my first sport that I ever officiated and it's how I met Carlos and it's shaped my entire officiating life. So I'm uh, really excited to shift from baseball. Bye-bye baseball. As much as I miss you, I'm glad you're gone. And uh, let's just, let's get into it about wrestling. And uh, how are you doing, Carlos? I'm doing fantastic. Um, how about yourself? I'm all right. Got one more week of uh, baseball left, BUA. Still still hanging on. One more week of baseball. Dude, we're in November. Uh, well, you know, BUA's got the 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 playoffs next week. I, I don't know. I'm just, He said one more week. But yeah, I'm going to miss it. it. It's it, it was a good season in many ways. Promoting the podcast, umpiring Genki Stadium doing a lot of cool things but um i'm i'm excited to move on to wrestling um the last wrestling season i had i uh i delved more into rockland and i got to see a lot more of wrestling beyond psal which um psal and privates and and those type of schools in the city uh, it was cool to move beyond that and branch out and, and we'll get into it uh part of the the dynamics of how we learn in wrestling through our meetings you know, I was under Tom Fovell's umbrella for a long time as far as the rules interpreter. And it was great to branch out from, you know, under the umbrella of Tom Fovell and then moving on to Rockland and getting under Dave Warren's umbrella, who he's mostly like a, there can't be more different people to give you the rules than Tom and Dave as far as uh, personality. But the information is equally as valuable and it's cool to, to just learn from different people. And they both have offered different things. And I'm always excited for wrestling because I feel like wrestling when I'm done with wrestling, I bring a lot more tools into baseball than baseball allows me to bring in tools to wrestling, if that makes any sense. What about you? Makes sense. No, I think that's – so for a long time, I've believed, and I think I've read it somewhere, that the number one sports official with the most pressure is the home plate umpire in baseball. And so – but the home plate umpire is the number one villain amongst all officials. So – once you do you do a baseball game, you umpire a baseball game at the plate with those extra responsibilities, you have everyone yelling at you. By the time you migrate to any other sport, you don't feel the pressure as much. Yeah, I would think um, there's the no bigger pressure than that. The caricature of uh, officiating, especially on the negative side, you think home plate umpire call and balls and strikes, right? I think that's like sort of like the number one. Close your eyes, think of a, an official in a negative way. It kind Correct. of nobody. I don't think everybody really like, identifies a basketball official or in football. It's kind of a collective. Like when you're as a blown couple of years ago, that Saints no call uh, for pass interference, which cost me a trip to the Super Bowl. They blame the whole officiating staff or officiating as a as a general thing. But when it comes to home plate, you know stuff like that, it, it really is like a centered blame where the spotlight really is on you. Yeah, and and you know with that approach, you know with the home plate umpire. You know, generally when the game starts, that's the person who's com doing the communication with the coaches and, you know, doing the, the main communication if there's if they're some kind of a interference or any type of – that the chief really is the one who really handles that. So I think you can take that part of baseball and apply it to wrestling when a coach has a question and they approach you respectively. You can answer that question. You can give them the reasoning behind why you made the rule or why you made the call. So that piece you can – easily take back and forth from baseball in, into wrestling aspect. But I'm really excited for the season. There was a, 
a bunch of changes this year on the high school level. There's a bunch of changes on the college level. The one that excited me and I did have to apply it was that in college wrestling, a takedown is now worth three points as opposed to two. And it took a little getting used to. You know, it's it's going to be interesting when I come down a level and start calling takedowns two points because, you know, it, it literally, you know, one day I could be doing college and go back the next day and do high school and I'm calling three-point takedown when it's really two. But that was the one I was really excited about. On a high school level, some of the things that's changed is now there's a, a six-match maximum you can wrestle per day, still 10 total between two days. So also, I'm excited um, about that. The time between you. Right, right. Rest which, times between. I mean, at, at least uh, administratively, when you're trying to run a fucking tournament, it takes a little, like, uh, 45 minutes. Well, we got we to gotta wait over here, you know, like, especially if a person just had, like, a 30-second match. It's like that, that person. It's hard to be so arbitrary and at the same time black and white. We want to have a canvassing rules, but then sometimes... It doesn't work that way. We're okay, fine. This guy had a three-minute barn burner, or a three three-round bar burner. Maybe he should get the full lot of time versus this guy who just wrestled thirty seconds. Maybe there could be some sort of a actual meeting of the minds that applies more realistic. Okay, maybe we both know that these two wrestlers wrestled thirty seconds, and then we both know that one wrestled. Then we could go to coaches. I mean, yeah, that's tough. But without getting too weeds about that, it's just. Things that we have to deal with, like you said, about changing rules. And I feel like wrestling's always trying to get ahead of itself with rules. You know, like baseball, look how quickly at first it was like clutching your pearls about the rule change about the batting and pitch count and all stuff. And then at the end of the season, we were like, holy shit, what a great baseball season. It was way more palatable to watch instead of just, you know, human rain delays sitting there and grabbing a crotch and stepping off and doing all that. <laughs> <laughs> If but, that's uh, what you do during rain delays, I guess. No, I'm oh, saying people are human rain delays. They're being a human version of a rain delay is what I'm saying. Right, right. But, um, and, you know, yeah, and 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 I just want to address that, you know, every two to three years, there is a rule change, right? So bringing it back to wrestling, the three-point takedown is going to be in college wrestling for the next mm -hmm. two years. That I can guarantee. Could it change? Possibly. Two-point takedown in high school will be there for at least two years. Why? Well, because there was a rule change year. And every two years, there is a rule change. So for the foreseeable future, at least the next two years, you know, they're going to respectively be three points for college. Are you seeing that as a standard? Like, like every two that's, years? That's, yeah, that's what happens. That's a standard. Well, is that just that's a pattern why, that you notice? That's the standard. That's what we see. You know, there wasn't no coincidence that there was, this was a, a rule change this year for college and, and for high school. So... The change of three points will stay with college two years, at least in, at least two years. And if they're going to make a change on a high school level, it's at the very least two years away. Well, okay, made me um re refine my question. Um, you're saying like the reflections of rules from college usually take two years to reflect on the high school level. Not necessarily. Okay, you were Not saying that every two years there's just changes in general. Correct. Got it. Every okay. two years it changes. So um. You know, Why? and even I didn't if, know even about if the, the rule just worked. They just yeah, that's how it works. That's how that's how the governing body is. There uh, like a, for... a reason or a saying or a genesis impetus? Uh, I mean, generally, you want to see how things play out for a period of time before you want to institute some changes. So it wouldn't be year by year. Um, I mean, even the Olympics, right? Every every 
new cycle, there there seems to be a change. You know, there yeah. was at one point, you know, uh, freestyle wrestling, I believe it was one period of five minutes. And then, you know, it's now two periods of three minutes. Um, it, and the value so... of points changed. It said was some, that was subjective. Yeah. And that's just how it, just how it happened. So I believe, you know, in two years, they're going to, you know, between now and two years, they're going to see just like what the what the rule change this year for rest period being 45 minutes to 30, 30 minutes. That was some research behind that. And it did take them a period of time to see, sit, check it and measure against safety. And so they came up with, OK, we can we can shave this down to about 30 minutes and, you know, we'll see how that goes, at least for the foreseeable future. You know, so that was pretty cool. I feel so like I, I want to go back on it. The- because I think it's a, I mean, I know sports. I maybe I don't know the, the ins and outs of like people who are involved in changing the rules or coming up the rules. But I would imagine they, at least from what I have experienced, it, it, at least in the pro sports, it, the the rule change comes with necessity, right? It's not like a change for the sake of change, which it sounds like wrestling does. It just let's just mix things up and see how this works. Even if this was working for everybody, mm-hmm. they just change it. I think the rationale behind the changes is, and that's exactly what um, I want. Like, I, like the rationale. Yeah, I think for for years, coaches, spectators, parents, wrestlers, all, you know, have complained that hey, you know, like let's talk about the issue you mentioned, right? Okay, we're both in the quarterfinals. I'm wrestling my opponent. It took me three periods to beat my opponent, and you, it took you, you know, thirty seconds, right? So they're thinking, okay, both wrestlers are ready to go. So if both wrestlers are ready to go, but there's this, there's this thing with this time, how much time is really needed? And so I think it's been over the years that you know, a number of people have lobbied for shorter rest times. And, you know, the rest times were shorter when it comes to freestyle and the international style of wrestling, freestyle and Greco. So, look, if it works there, why can't we bring it here? And I think that's ultimately what happened. Huh. In, in addition to, hey, why are we allowed to wrestle six matches in a day as opposed to five, right? They've had to test this out to see if it worked. And so they saw that it worked and it, it didn't affect the contestants in a negative way. And so, okay, so let's let's go ahead and do that. Um, and then factored into that is... You know, whether uh, someone wins as a forfeit, does that count as the actual match, you know, versus last year it did, you know. So those types of things have been uh, things that have been top of mind. So there's reason behind it, not that they just want to mix things up. I think they're just trying to find ways to improve the sport. I know for a fact um, on the college level, they wanted to find a way to bring make wrestling more exciting, you know. So they said, okay. Let's increase the value of one of the hardest things to do in wrestling is score a takedown. You know, they want it to create more excitement from the, the wrestlers who are probably very dominant in the offensive position, top position, as opposed to the neutral position. So they want to make it more advantageous. The takedown is the hardest thing to, to get. So the, it has the higher value. I think we talked about, I, uh, sorry, we definitely not. I think we talked about it in um, one of the last episodes, um, when you when you told me about the rule change of how takedowns gonna be worth more, and I'm very much for that. I don't know the mechanisms of rules and competition and and the science behind that. I, as a podcast is called Beyond the Rules, mm-hmm. so I'm more about like philosophy and the macro 
in the in, in the micro when it comes to the rules and and the finite nature what Tom Fovell excel, uh, uh, excels in his black and white view of the sport that's how rules are sort of created and those are rules are, and laws are basically a a backdrop for fairness and when you make rules as far as points go for the sake of competition and making it more I don't know, viewable or just driving the effort to create something that's more offensive, which in any sport, more offense is the thing that drives people to watch it more or even more participate in more as a culture. Defense should never be rewarded on any point scale. The the reward for defense is the defense itself, I believe. So if you... What I'm saying is like uh, um, rewarding a shot, a a, a sprawl, like... Mm -hmm. The, the the benefit of the uh, of the defense is the fact that you were defensive toward the offensive move. It shouldn't be rewarded in a monetary or point scale. Boxing is ruled in that way. There's no points for defense. There's no points for mm-hmm. blocking punches. The, that the reward is blocking the punch. So I think as far as competitionally speaking, changing the rule for a takedown, which is the primary focus and the primary thing you need to chase in wrestling. I think that should be a higher point scale than anything else. Yeah. But and so they, so getting back to part of the rules, right. And why, why they did it. So even, you know, the last few uh, years, you would notice that from the top position, right. Top and bottom position, offensive position that a lot of guys would wrestle and put a lot of pressure on the bottom guy. So it, it created an illusion as if the bottom guy wasn't trying to get out, but because the way coaches are teaching is to put that heavy pressure on the bottom guy and force it, make him do, make him move. So then you can create your offense. Right. And so part of the change in wrestling this year was they said, okay. And it was part of how the rules were written prior. So it said, now if you're the top wrestler who's kind of been, using this system to put the pressure on the bottom guy to not really work for a pinfall or for a neofall. Well, now the referees can call more stalling. We can get a little more aggressive. Whereas years past, you know, the way the rules were written, you know, you would, and you were really good on that top position, you know, you, you could just you would get on top and, and, and you, you will control the bottom, control the bottom wrestler. Up. Right. And so that's why they said, Oh, let's make this more, let's make this more exciting. Let's make the value of the, the takedown worth. Because again, you know, you you get a takedown, and then someone revert, and then you get a reversal. Right, it's two two. So it's like, wow, there was well, no greater yeah. value. Now exactly. you get a takedown. Someone exactly. ex- someone gets a reversal, and you're still up by one. Exactly. So, we talked about this too. I, I think, especially because odd number of scoring too. I don't know if there is actual consideration for the science of scoring. I was doing a my own research on why touchdown six points. Why the why things are worth what they are worth in football, and without getting to the details, there was an effort to create some sort of way that you want to get the maximum amount of points, and playing it safe is not always going to be the way to winning. I mean, football is a game where frustratingly enough, frustratingly enough, I mean, I'm surprised I still have my phone. A couple of weeks ago, the Giants were winning three quarters of the. Fucking way Let's against, not relive against that the Buffalo one. Bills. Let's, well, I gotta that, talk that, about okay. it. I got. I, I, oh. I have a live oh. mic in my hand. And I want to talk about it. They were up three quarters of the. You game. may break that mic. No, it it, it, it can move. It can move, and <laughs> I, and and it costs more than my phone. But um, 
But the oh, fact goodness. that they were up three quarters of the way of the three quarters, went into the fourth quarter with the lead, six nothing. You knew they were going to lose. You knew that all it took was one score to tie the game, even though they were dominating riding time, essentially, what it would be in wrestling. They had all over the Bills. And the Bills are just like, oh, we don't want this game. Can you can you beat us? And the Giants are like, well, we're trying. I know you want us to beat the fuck out of you, but we can't for some reason, even though you keep letting us try. And that dynamic is points-related, where, where I think wrestling is trying to, like I said, speculatively, as somebody who has participated in sport, refereed the sport, and as an onlooker, not as much as um you go into as far as your experience in college and as somebody who Dave Warren and Tom Fovell goes into and actually sitting up there in Albany and sitting in on these meetings with Dalbreth and all these people going over the, the rules and, and the, the, the science of that, which I would love to just witness. I don't even know if I could participate because it's not something I care about. Rules and laws. I'm more about philosophy and culture. That's just where I thrive. And you have to have both. They're both equally a part of the game. And they're both as valuable. And they are nothing without the other to back each other up. But Yeah. I think I think a lot of the modifications really come from if you watch previous year big and point championships, like maybe a uh, a high school state championship, or if you're watching uh, Division One wrestling championships, and what you see is that a lot of the participants are taught how to game the rules, and so maybe it was an advantage that led to a victory, but they also look at okay, how did the rules affect the person who lost? Did they have the same equal chance based on the rules, though how the rules are written to have the outcome they wanted? And so I think that that is a big reason why the, the rules tend to change. It changes. Generally, you'll see a change, the rule change, two years because you see what has happened over the last two years in major competitions and you know, and see, okay, they gotta make a they have to make a rule. They have to make a change just so that these types of things don't repeat itself in the future. And and that's generally where you get these, these rule changes. So some of the other changes that I like, one of them are when it comes to the, the traditional, you know, because things are always changing. College. You speak in high school. Now I'm talking about back to high school. Back okay, to high good, school. Good. Yeah, because let's let's go to high school now. Yeah, so so one of one of the ones I big fan of it. Um, I've been waiting for this. I uh, kind of was doing this anyway in, in some respects, but now the uh, the wrestling shoes for officials, right? Remember, it was traditionally all black. Now you can have on the bottom, you can have white or gray. I love mm-hmm. that. I thought that to me, I was able to do that on a college level. I was able to do it in some high school events. I think it's just just a sign of the time that things are changing. So I I really like that you can have you know white or gray trim on the shoes. The other changes were related to uniform. Now in the past you could wear full length form fitting tights, but the rule with last year was that you could wear it only if it has stirrups. They've removed that, so now you can have the tights with no stirrups. In terms of facial hair, the rule was. You know, up till last year, you could have facial hair, but you had to see this, be able to see the skin underneath. Now no. they've kind of gone no. without that. Um, and, and there's a lot of reasons why. But another thing that will affect the wrestlers, it's important for us to kind of know, tournament directors will ultimately have the, the responsibility of bearing this, but forfeit versus a medical forfeit. If someone 
is considered medically unable to compete any further, they can forfeit without taking loss if they go under medical forfeit. But again, that's more determined by director of the tournament. Yeah, it's um, more of um, paperwork and administrative. Yeah. Other stuff, don't have to really get into uh, too deep into it. Supporting parts of what's considered inbounds before the rules were the knees, the side of the thigh, the buttocks, the hands, the head, and now the feet are included in that, which is going to uh, really uh, Get change. into that a little more because I default to you. I, I, did, I went through my interpretation meeting with Rockland already and Dave physically, God bless him, explained it and um, Dave Warren, that is. And I see how it's more leaning more toward the college. Uh, high school's always playing a game of catch-up with college in terms of rules, uh, specifically wrestling. I don't think there's as many differences in baseball or football rules when you go from high school to college. It kind of, it's, it really is, I don't know, it just seems so different. I mean, as you explained it, like, I feel like I know wrestling, but then when I get how rules matriculate down from college and they High school seems just to, I guess, that two-year catch-up, as you say, or whatever the window is, informally or otherwise. And as far as, like, the out-of-bounds and stuff like that, get, like, as you can, for the people listening who do refereeing, wrestling, or just listening because of dedicated podcast listeners, and I fucking love you. We love you. The difference is be, like, knees up, you know, the cylinder and all that stuff. Like, mm-hmm. Carl's Domo, tell us what those changes are. Yeah, so it just the difference is that it now includes the feet to be um, in bounds for as a supporting part, and so whether the feet are grounded or in the air, so long as they're in the cylinder, the wrestling will continue, and that's going to be key. So to get into an angle to see the feet and see the parts you need to keep, it's gonna the really make the um, the assistant referee do some more work too when that comes. Well, in. well I don't really think so. I think oh, all yeah. along. All along, I think, you know, if the assistant is where he needs to be, he should be able to catch that automatically. I think I don't think there's really a change per se. But, yeah, they're trying to get as close. Well, I just mean to have more of college. an opinion now where, like, now you – I mean, when I, the first thing I thought of was, like, when the knees go up and stuff like that, that you got to blow the whistle as soon as the knee goes up, even if they're not well, out. Off the mat, but still in the cylinder. Okay, so uh, top man is pinning, right? Mm-hmm. His knees are in. Mm-hmm. His knees are on the line, down. Mm-hmm. Down, they're grounded. Once, once they went up, you have to blow the whistle out, even if he's not you out mean, of the cylinder. But if the knee's still inside the cylinder, but just off the mat. Yes, if it's, they're just if, off the if, mat. If, if, yeah, it's still on. That that cylinder, right, Because because he still has that knee. Never, never left the circle. The knee was in. The difference that is still elevated, and that's fine so long as it's still in that cylinder. Um, that's the key. But there's going to be a lot of discussions around this because there is some confusion, and I, I couldn't possibly answer all of that now. You know, I would just say let's continue to lean on, on the conversations we have with fellow officials and the interpreter and make sure, you know, we have this 100% right because in the college level, it's a little bit easier. Any part of your body that's in bounds. Wrestling continues. It seems Ryan to be more continue. common sense in, in in college, especially competitionally. Yeah, and, and, to, and like, most people can see that. Obviously, a referee has a lot of responsibility, but I think the point of the rules and us as adjudicators of those rules, it helps if the rules can be on their own, something that are just applied and assessed instead of applied and within our judgment. 
You know what I'm saying? Like, I mean, yeah. I mean, but but again, we're talking about lines on a baseball field where the action can happen quick. And same thing with wrestling line, you know, in that cylinder at 28 diameter, you know, circle we're in. So, you know, it's all about making the best call. But I really, I, I think that why did this rule come up? This rule came because one, maybe someone hit a nice hip toss and someone and they were deemed out of bounds. So say, hey, how can we how can we give someone credit for that? Or two, the other part of it was, hey, you're pinning someone, you have them on their back, and then they're crawling out of bounds, escaping a pin pinning situation. And I'm thinking between those two combinations, this is really where it came from. So if you think about why are you assuming why, why or, they or, make them... that's a good guesstimation, right? Like are you assuming I'm or assuming or they're actually I'm like assuming. um uh, touchstone moments in in the seasons that kind of influence these rules where people can be like, okay, at the end of the season, we're going to come back and address this specific moment that happened where we might have to, like you said, this hip toss or something like that. Like that must happen, but in a general sense. But is there like a one specific instance that you've ever heard of, at least, in as long as you've been part of the sport? That, Not uh, that I can think of. Okay. Not that I can think of. But I really think that that's where it came from. And like I think the, that, that pass interference being part of the um, review after the Saints right. call. Right. You know what I'm saying? And yeah, and, and and then look what happened. Look what happened the next year or two years after they they changed that rule of how can they go back and review something like that. And so I think that those changes. They don't just come fly by night. It's something that might have happened in the game and usually in the big game, which had a lot of audience, a lot of uh, fans watching and spectators to say, hey, look, we really got to change this. this and that's more, where the idea came from. This should be more documented. Like, I think um, maybe it does happen. Like I said, I don't know about you. I mean, as experienced as I am uh, as a referee, I feel even though I did wrestling first, I've delved more deep into the, into baseball rules wise and understanding the philosophy of why rules happen whereas wrestling they kind of just come at me and i have to deal with them i'm no more experienced than anybody else when the season begins and we're getting all these new rules and i don't have a good sense of why they happen i i can assume and maybe land on the same reasons as you do that something happened but you have more of an insight of to like maybe a granular specific thing that would have happened but still you're saying these occurrences probably what led to this. I think, especially with the ever-changing culture and and the way that rules change in wrestling so dynamically, maybe there should be a measure of uh, highlighting the things that were the impetus for these rule changes. Here's what happened, and here's why we're considering this rule change, or here's why we are actually changing these rules. And so, on a yeah, more transparent and, 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 way for all of us, like plebeians who are just refereeing, you know, we're the we're the disciples to the rules. So there, and again, I, I'm sure there's cases for them. Can I pinpoint them out? Probably not right now, but I'm sure with a little more time, I can think back. But there's one rule in particular in, in college. It, it might have happened three, four years ago where and this was a Division One wrestling, either quarterfinal or semifinal, where someone was winning and the time was winding down or time expired and there was a set of back points were given. It shouldn't have been given. And as a result, the the you know, person lost. And so that instituted, hey, we have now a review and coaches are given challenge breaks if they want to challenge it. And then it became, well, how long, you know, and this became a change. Well, how long do they have to throw that challenge break? Can they throw it 
a minute after the action ceased, 30. So now it became to, you know, almost immediately where you have to throw out that challenge brick for something that happened. And when the dust settles, they can go back and they can correct. They can go back so long as they have the right information. Yeah. They have the wrestlers. And the key part of this, it's they almost have like when to the, have when the, the play status changes. of the clock. Because there's no plays in, in wrestling, right? There's no in football. You get the next snap off. Boom, that's it. You had your chance. You can't, you can't challenge it now. Then the play already happened. If review is, that, is, that is what, like, on, you're saying like a buzz down, like sort of like well, the, which well, saying yeah, like, the, to measure the referees how much time can't go back. To, yeah, so so if you're holding on to that brick and let's say whatever you want to challenge happened 45 seconds ago, that's a bit too late. They, they're not going to go back, you know. But once you because see the infraction no happens, well, what? they're probably something something did happen. And the coach is thinking, you know what, that happened a while ago. Let me throw my challenge break no it's too late you know but yeah, what, that, what i mean is that about the assessment came... of like the how, how you assess the time as a referee or in rules specifically state you can't challenge it now it's over we moved on so a lot of that has to be based upon when it happened like a controversial takedown right let's say you know we start a match Someone gets behind, or you get wrestler A gets behind B, and again something that changed between college and college last year was we had the 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 um, hand touch takedown where wrestler A gets behind B, B touches his hand on mat takedown right away. There's there is no reaction time on that. Yeah, yeah. They've yeah. gone away with that, right? And that's because maybe the coaches said, "Hey, look, this just has no business in in our sport." You know, it was another way they were trying to make that exciting. But let's say that same scenario, you know, hand touch. Often one of really the most wasn't... argued calls, too. Guys got back, uh, in, back control. Uh, for me, in my experience, you know, it's uh, isn't a I'm, there's verbiage about pressure on the on the hands, right? So that was that was brought up a while ago. But let's just say you, if we go with the pressure, right? And then the guy wrestler B, who was quote unquote taken down, immediately let's, let's gets set this a reversal. Up for, let's set this up for everybody who can't visualize. Both wrestlers are standing. Wrestler A goes for a duck under, which is essentially ducking under the op opponent's guard and trying to spin to their back. And you're, bas you're basically wrestler A is belly to the back of wrestler B. And there's no takedown yet, but if they put both their hands on the mat, in wrestling, a takedown is defied by control after reaction time on most traditional takedowns, meaning double leg, single leg, taking down, butt on the mat, hands around the hips, without getting into the visual details. Obviously, this is an audio podcast, but there's a measure of you have to maintain what you just did to be awarded the points. Whereas if you duck under and you're both still standing and you have your arms around the other person's hips, wrestler A has his arms around wrestler B's hips and their belly to back, and wrestler B puts his hands on the mat. There is no reaction time, which is two seconds, two long Mississippi seconds for everybody listening. Don't rush your reaction times. If it's a move now, it's a move later. When they put their hands down, it is kind of up to the judgment of us to determine the pressure or whether they were put into that position where they had to defend their stance. Right? Am I, am I explaining it correctly? I think I think the, it's a general good idea. Yeah, it's a good illustration of what you're saying but we're talking about beyond reaction time so now it would be wrestler a is now in the top position but now we're talking about beyond reaction time so let's say a referee it be, be it's before 
the two second reaction awards a two points and now b gets behind he quickly reverses him and now he has a reversal right and now with two you know at that point from a standing you know, position right not from a stand well Any like position. Said, hand, hands you know full, yeah yeah yeah, yeah got it. right so now we change that we change it now it looks like it's two and two you know and then was it really two because now we have to go beyond reaction time or now, now the revert, now that gets changed, right? It gets challenged. That gets changed. Now B has to take down. There was no reversal. B has to take down. So it went from two to two to two zero for B, you know, yeah. th those are the types of things, you know, it it's things like that. Um, Let me try to slow down a reasonable time and correct me. If so what we're saying to the layman people listening to the podcast from, from the baseball, which I know it's going to be a long season without baseball listening to beyond the rules, but Hey, we do other things and wrestling is going to be part of it. We're going to build on, on football and other things. Shut up, dog. Um, Crazy, <laughs> but um, try to visualize it. Wrestler a spun around, got the back. If you watch MMA, getting the back of somebody is you are behind them. Their back is to your belly. And what we're saying is without reaction time, they can put their hand on the mat and you get two, two points for a takedown, and that used to be the college rule. It's not now gone. It's now gone, gone away. And and then what is in high school? What I'm well, saying. Well, that you got to go beyond reaction time, restraining power, you know. But again, you know, if if a like you described has B in that position, but beyond, but before reaction time. And now B, who's on the bottom, switch reverses as now he's on the top of A and he holds him down beyond reaction time. Now he has two points. What I was saying was if a referee erroneously credits gave those two a, points, takedown, yeah, gave those two points, and now B reverses that position and now B is on the top, it would have been two points reversal. So the match is tied. But essentially, if that were challenged, it would be that B would be credited credited with the takedown because he established control restraining power beyond reaction time so he would be given it would be a 2-0 match versus a 2-2 tied match so what essentially is is nothing happened but b got the actual takedown b got the actual takedown and 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 that's um, what i'm trying to illustrate to people who don't know even if you're watching wrestling i think if you don't know it, it's going to be as foreign as it is to just listening in an audio way to sidetrack a little i've been watching cricket a fuck ton. It's on the World Series. The World Cup of Cricket is on. I have terrible sleep patterns. I wake up and that's the only thing on. And I watched a 10-minute video breaking down the rules of cricket. And my God, I got to a point where I could watch it. And I'm like, all right. And I don't want to get into the weeds about cricket, but there's three ways to play cricket. It's the same rules, three ways to play it. Like poker, where you have Hold'em, seven card, you know, like there's ways to play it, but the same structure rules. My point is, when you don't know a sport, it's hard to translate the scoring and you're more focused on results, pinning who has more points at the end. You know, basketball and soccer are pretty much the easiest where you feel like you can understand the rules almost to a certain point. It's like get the ball into the other person's goal. That's it. They're defending the goal. Football is that way in a sense, but there's so much more intricacy. And with wrestling, I think it's it's sort of like football versus basketball and soccer where they're goal-oriented sports, score on the other person's goal, and it's up to them to defend it. Well, wrestling, it's similar. You score on me, and it's up to me to defend you scoring against me. But 
the parameters of the rules are so almost for us as officials strategic and we have to determine how they got there and reward that court like it's it's not a matter of um you taking a person down we've all been there in the beginning of our wrestling ventures or even like trying to translate it to others or just seeing optically for ourselves where we have to judge did he hold him or did he just take him down and he bounced back up and for everybody else, that was a takedown. Oh, he took him down. It's almost like determining a catch in football. You have to have control beyond the move you just did. You got to catch. You got to make a football move. You got to. It's there's a lot that comes with the optics that are left to us to 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 judge. And there's no written thing. Uh, there, I'm, there is a written thing about a catch in football, but it is very judgmental to the point that's like. You're left so much up to your own judgment that um, that almost puts you back into the realm of uh, where we can relate to about balls and strikes, right? Where even on TV, you see the box, but that doesn't really fucking help the or that doesn't really capture the whole essence of what a strike is. Just like a takedown. You take somebody down, boom, one, two, they pop back up. Even if they did have the parameters of reaction time, one, two seconds. If they pop back up at two, are you going to award them two points? Especially if they do what you said, they they're, the other guy reverses it, and then now you got to give him two or one for an escape, or you just want to let it be like nothing really happened. It kind of like is two penalties offsetting. This guy was offside, but the other guy was holding. You know what? Let's just redo the play. Yeah, it's, I like how that sounds. That, that sounds really good. Well, thank you. I try a lot in this podcast, and I've been watching sports <laughs> for a long time, and I have you to look up to. But yeah, thank you. <laughs> yeah, man. I I think uh, it's look. It, it's going to be an exciting season. I do encourage. Um, you know, I'm always learning. We're always learning. Um, I was just officiating this last week in in PA, and and you know, we share perspective on rules and. Um, we? Some of the changes, uh, the, the my fellow official uh, partners who I was I was working. Say some with, names, come on. Uh, you wouldn't know them. You it doesn't matter. I, mean, I was in PA. Yeah, you wouldn't know them. There's well, no I, need I'm to saying, say I don't. Names. I don't know them, but they might listen to the fucking podcast and appreciate their name being mentioned. God damn it! In, in time, when I when I, when I when I point them, they they look. It, it's just a matter of you don't you know, promote, and, and I think you don't walk into can't, any room and just say, "Hey, I'm a part of this podcast. Listen to it." I'm telling you, say their I, names. I, I dropped the ball this weekend, and, and my apologies. But what I got to say is this, and I think this is the key. I think when you get to your your scheduled event, I think it's important if you have partners to discuss, bring up certain rules that you know you just are, you know, you don't you don't have a clear answer for, and just have a discussion. And I think that. By having that discussion, it brings the meeting of the minds together and you can kind of get to what the rule is and how you're going to call it that day. And that's that was it was great to have that discussion. You know, uh, our head official brought up some things for us to kind of review and and we talked about it and, and we talked about what are some of the gray areas. But I think overall, after having that discussion, it made it more clear for us so that when we go ahead and administer and uh, referee about, we're seeing it from the same lens and we're all on the same page. And exactly. I think if you do that, you know, same, every time you go, same goal, to... different style. 
yeah and but again one of the things that i'm i'm blessed blessed for having is um i'm on the road a lot and i'm on the road a lot with um you know officiating you know tournaments throughout new york new jersey pennsylvania virginia you're a forever um, student bro that's why we're always forever students we but always you're, are you're you are more of a we always are even if you resist it you're going to be humbled like a student and we all know we've all i shouldn't say we know we've all been a part of experiences where we knew we were the better official but we were placed in a position where we had to at least i'm still there maybe you are too because you go to college you do college you know, and you do stuff where your your reputation precedes you to a certain point you got to show up by just showing up you can't show up and think okay i'm going to change this person's game and i say that because i've come across officials not in wrestling not in wrestling at all and i want to exemplify wrestling and i want to exemplify our community has been built up i'm not going to say we i'm a part of it and i want to keep building upon this community who there's no stupid questions there's people who want to get better and there's people who i don't i don't know any true egos that just like i've come across and i'm sure you come across in baseball just egos who it's not like they want to take part of take over the game and make it a part of themselves. I don't think that I think that's a misconception where I'm sure there are braggadocious and people who want to make themselves a part of the game and their advantages of the calls. But I, I will say this any time I've come across a, an official who's made themselves part of the game, they were still making a call. It wasn't like they were making up a call. Maybe they they induced it or maybe they were like glad to make that call and it became more about them and maybe they weren't willing to explain their call because they made it in such a way where that was it it's like yeah you know i made the call and they, and they use authority in lieu of i don't know the word but like i never use authority i have authority but i never use it you are you you're a six foot three you you have it you have you don't need to do it but uh wrestling and i want to tie this back into um what what it takes to be a head referee because we have had you know, like crew chiefs and stuff like that. But one thing about wrestling officiating is uh, um, it's so dangerous. And there's there, there comes such an immediate identifiable caring about being a wrestling official that I don't see that much in baseball. And I think we want to try to change that, where you want to come into it the same way that I feel the way people come into wrestling. Leon, for example. I mean, Leon is a diamond in the rough who comes into a sports and respects it the way that we fucking do, the way that we love it. But I think there's a lot of people coming to wrestling, and maybe they have the same general approach with, with umpiring. Here's something that I can earn some money. I think I know baseball. I think, you know, like, and they just want to do it. But then they fall into the trappings of, of just being around for a long time. In wrestling, you, you can't fall into those trappings. You won't be around for a long time. You, you simply will not be. It's too dangerous for you to just not evolve and not care about it. You cannot care about it. And you could you could be an umpire and say you were an umpire, and and people can be like, oh yeah, he was a, this. Oh my uncle, well, yeah, he umpired for twenty five years. I mean, that doesn't mean shit to me. As much as somebody who's like, this guy was a wrestling referee because for for the same amount of time, like who you put in time to be a wrestling referee, you care about the crap because from every bit of my experience in learning how to be a better official in wrestling. There's been somebody willing to teach you the right way, in their own way, but the right way. Where in baseball, 
it doesn't happen as much. And I know we've talked about it a lot and we will change that. And it that is where Beyond the Rules comes into the culture of it because the rules are good. The rules are there. But as far as officiating, being a part of it, you know, and and I want, if there's one thing, and we're going to leave it at, I want you to give it uh, your expertise as a head referee walking into a varsity match, Eagle Academy, Monroe, or anything. Were you the head referee? And what do you expect of referees? And what do you expect of the match and how you deliver your message? And after you say that, I will, as somebody who's been a head referee the last couple of years, give off what I've learned and, and people listening to a specific episode about wrestling, the wrestling season forthcoming so they can listen to our bullshit, but actually take something where that's meaningful. So go ahead. Like I, you're, you're the head referee. What are your demands and what are your expectations? Well, generally speaking, I would hope that everyone really has been in a rule book, have really reviewed and have some point, point talking points um, to discuss. Like I think penalty chart, that's also that's always big to kind of discuss, talk about what we're going to do to combat stalling or inactivity from wrestler A or B. Um, and and big is, um, you know, if we can identify who between the two wrestlers are simply taking wrestling to the edge. I think if we can nullify those, we can kind of identify that early, then we're, we're going to be off to a good start. I expect everyone to put 100% um, into their craft when we're on the mat. We're, we're each match we're wrestling as if it's a finals match of any any tournament, um, and be also be be ready to explain some of the rulings to the head coach if they bring you to the table for mis um, application of a rule. And if you find out, you know you know what to do. Then I think that is a key area for growth. I think but that's that a, that, everyone... that's a individual referee thing, right? Yeah, but that's is, that no, all I'm starts. talking about you as a, as a head referee. Like, if you're not refereeing, say you're off the mat and you notice commotion on another mat, lesser experienced referee, how do you mitigate that? How do you let them deal with their results? Talk to the coach if you have to. That's sort of what I want to know, almost too, as someone who's new, newer head referee. Head referee. Yeah, I, yeah, absolutely, and yeah. So that I would, I would get involved immediately and come over especially someone who's who's newer and less experienced in learning how to diffuse a situation. I would try to get them talking, try to get the coaches talking, um, level-headed, and then try to give a ruling as to what happened and kind of take over because they have to have that role model to show them the rope of how to first diffuse a situation. Because in some of these gyms, you know, we're not lucky where we have stands and, and a lot of folks can stay there. A lot of these tournaments, you know, you have parents and friends and spectators all over the place coming by the mat. So that, that brings in, you know, some energy that's really not warranted versus if you're at an arena and parents um, spectators are away, you can mitigate that a little bit easier. So that's what I would do. I would go in and try to find out what happened and see how we can mitigate the situation together so that we can have a, a peaceful resolution. You know, is it going to be perfect? Probably not. But we have a meeting of the minds based upon, you know, what happened, what situation led to that outcome, and then how can we make that better? There's no more information I could offer uh, as a head referee over what you're saying because I follow you. And and I don't mean that as um, 
a sycophant to just yes man and and say it but i mean it as a that that is what it is you figure out your own style to do that and situations are going to pop up that are not necessarily going to fit you have to make it work for every situation and make it work for yourself and um i was in a situation a couple of years ago a season before covid so 2019 i believe and uh, that was the first season in any in both wrestling and, and baseball where i i felt the turning over from beginner to okay i'm not a beginner now i gotta sharpen myself you know you, you you've you've earned your stripes and now you're looked upon you've been around people who have seen your face even if you haven't earned it you've earned the optics enough for oh, we've seen you enough it's like if you work in a, a fucking deli and somebody's getting a sandwich wrong and be like well this guy's been working here for fucking years this they go up to you They're like hey this guy's getting my sandwich wrong it's like okay like what do you do and i was in that situation and it was a younger referee and it wasn't anything i could do to change the outcome or the the rule whatever happened i you know he explained it to me i talked it over with the referee and then i went back to him and for me it was a moment of how do I attack this by being honest and respectful to everything? And it doesn't mean being, yeah, respectful to the coach, respectful to, to any person in general. Um, but it was an opportunity for me to understand how can I make this situation better in the future? I'm not going to fix anything now. How can I make it so this coach feels better later? They're not going to feel better now. And that's why I think a lot of people need a lot of future officials or officials. Now you're not always going to fix the situation. It is what it is. And they're going to translate yourself to, or or transport yourself to any situation in life where it's like, nothing's going to make it feel better except time and separation from it. But if you're giving some good information and and some sort of promise and the, the promise I was giving to the coach was I will talk to that official and the only thing I can promise you is that the information I give them will hopefully be translated into them becoming a better official. So next time you see them, they will learn from this mistake. And I'm sorry that you have to eat it. And I'm sorry. And even if there's a way where you don't have to like, I, I wasn't fully witness to the infraction, but I did see some of it. And did I agree with the coach about his version of the events? Most likely, yeah. Is there a side of it from him where he's just seeing it in a myopic sense as a coach and not the overall broadness of what do you want out of it? Because coaches will argue their way into into exacerbating the issue. You have to pull them away from that. And I, I, I took that as an opportunity to pull that away from him, not make the situation worse because there was still a match to be had. It wasn't over. And promise him that when this is all done, we'll evaluate and we can do better. And I think coaches, a good coach, which I usually come across in those in, in those specific, in those circumstances, will understand maturation and developing. This is not a referee who's been around the block, right? If it was if that was the case, then I'd have to offer more apologies to the expectation of somebody's experience. But this was a new referee. We're working it out. It was a beat the streets event, and I understand the frustration because I believe it was a consequential match in terms of like placing and finals or whatever. But that is 
that moment where I looked at it personally was like, oh, I can be a head referee because I can navigate these waters for everybody else because I've earned it, respect, and I and I've put in the time to to understand the rules so I don't bullshit these people into being like, oh yeah, well. You don't want to bullshit them. You want to give the rules. You want to give the rules precisely. Say the rules. When I say beyond the rules, people listening, it doesn't mean explain to a coach what you think the rules are. Tell them the rules. Tell them the rules by the letter as best as you can, like almost in a verbatim way. What I mean beyond the rules is everything that I said about the situation and, and dealing with an ex- inexperienced referee and talking to a coach and and making sure that the, the match happens cleanly throughout and that and and the bad feelings are left off the mat and and promising as a culture and as an, an association as a brother and sisterhood of that we hold ourselves accountable as officials that we get better and i know that everybody has helped me get that way you included you chiefly and i hope that this episode translates that to the forthcoming wrestling season and if there's anything else that you have to offer my beautiful Honduran. <laughs> Go for it. Yeah, let's just uh, continue to stay in the rule books, know how to apply them. And, you know, th- there there will be situations, especially for newer officials, where, you know, it can get nerve-wracking and I, I think things are going to happen. Like, uh, you know, it could be a big match in some tournament and there's a lot of pressure because, you know, it's one thing to apply the rules, but it's what happens when there's a lot of pressures coming from all directions and you're new and you don't know what to do. And that's that's something where you know, that senior leadership is there to kind of walk them through. But that's only going to make them stronger. It's going to make, you know, unfortunately, somebody may take a hit or, or loss or points or something. But I think, you know, um, you know, people are going to grow through those. I mean, those, those are not forever. At some point, they're going to get better. And then uh, and that's game. when the and season's that's the game. over. And as long as you're honest to the game, it's part of it, man. It's part of it. Yeah. It should take the wrong bounce. Some of our calls are wrong bounces. Mm-hmm. You know, it's, it, it is what it is. We yeah. saw it. You know, something that should have went straight down the middle, hit the fucking base, and it, it became a double. And sometimes a catcher can move in a way that that perfect strike call distorted our view. And now it's five seconds gone by, and you, a ball is had. You can't call a strike anymore. It is what it is. If you live and die on that as a player or as a coach and that was a reason why you lost that game, then in, I'm telling you, you have trouble in life. Because if you try to take the problems of life that are usually in the macro level and hold it to a few micro things, that's not a winning formula in any way. Yeah. 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 So, again, man, excellent podcast, man. We we hope that uh people uh, enjoyed and I look forward to the next one. If you guys, if there was a visual, you'll see that – Steven has gotten diesel and he's flexing because he has an eight pack and then he has biceps and guns. And Woo-hoo! so he's, he's, he's really excited for the, so <laughs> I'm excited for the wrestling season. There you go. He's flexing. <laughs> thank you again for bringing up some great topics and, uh, you know, look forward to the next. Yeah, man, this was great. And I can't wait to see you on the map, man. Yes, Take sir. care my brother. Cool. Boom. <laughs>